Welcome to today's podcast. Today we're going to be talking about a classic problem that many of us have. A team member or one of your cleaners is leaving and they're taking a client with them. I thought that client was a friend. That's a question that is asked time and time again. It's happened to me. I think it's happened to you, hasn't it, Diane? Um, So we're going to cover two problems that come up very regularly on this podcast, but we're going to start with this one. So explain the situation to us, Diane. Okay, so yeah, a team member's leaving. You think it's all, you know, they're going somewhere else. You don't know where they're going. You you give them a gift and a thank you card and it's all very lovely. And then you find out a week later that they're actually working for one of your clients who you used to clean for on a regular basis. You've even taken them um, a little gift round on their birthday and things like that. You thought they were friends and you're just shocked and can't believe it. It's the team member and the client betraying you. And that client probably told you they're leaving. Oh, I'm getting my daughter to do the cleaning. So then there's the lies and the deceit as well. And you feel so hurt. We've all been there, haven't we? Yeah, I've probably been there several times actually <laughs> over the years. And I remember um, it happened to, to me on a, a, a fairly large scale at one point. And I just remember thinking, they know my children and, you know, they know my family. How could they, this was a team member, how could they do this to me? And the reality was that they did it for themselves. So I had this, there was a little old lady, she was wonderful, um, lived in a one bedroom flat and I'd cleaned for her, personally cleaned for her, I'd done every clean for three years, I moved it to work around her, um, I'd take her stuff to the laundry, I worked around her bingo and whatever and at Christmas we nipped around like she'd buy my kids presents, you know, I'd go out the way for this lady, like there was a real friendship, I genuinely looked forward to seeing her every time. And as my business got a little bit bigger, I had to get some staff in and um, my staff worked in pairs. These two ladies would clean for her. And like me, they were like, oh, she's a lovely old lady. We adore her. Anyway, it's time for them to move on. They've been with me a good few years. They left, all amicable and everything. And then because this old lady didn't have an email address, I had to drop round. I think it was her final invoice. I had to drop it round. So I thought, well, do you know, she's a busy lady. I'll drop it round at the time when I'd normally go and clean. So I rocked up with my final invoice only to see those two cleaners there cleaning. And I was like, oh, my gosh. And I had to face it face to face like it was in the property and they came out of the bathroom. And I was like, oh, my goodness. It was the most awkward moment ever. And then the lady was like, why did you do that? That was so awkward, you know. I was like, I didn't know. Um, It was awful, truly awful to have been betrayed by everyone. And But are they betraying me? I don't think they're betraying you. I think they're just doing their thing. The business is a business to them. It's a job. The client, even, it's a business that provides them with a service and they want to choose somebody else. It's. It, I don't think it is personal to the other people. It's it's us that it's personal for though, and it's hard. It's so hurtful, isn't it? And you, and it. I don't know about you, but when this happens, do you sort of lose a bit of faith in people? You lose, and you're like, how am I going to trust anyone? And that's not a good way to be, is it? Like, no. And I think that's where being in business can damage you if you're not careful. I think you have to move away from that conversation with yourself. That you can't end up with trust issues around with everybody around you because three people or two people have let you down or let the business down because again for them it's not personal 
Oh, but it's hard. How many times have you spoken to people in tears because they've been betrayed by friends? In my case, it was three friends. Three of my friends did this. And I was like, oh. Yeah. And were those cleaners still working for you at the time or had they left? And No, they'd left. And then the customer had left around about the same time, citing, I don't know what her reason was. It was unrelated. Um, I don't know. She was getting someone else or I don't know. She was getting her, it's normally I'm getting my daughter to do it and they just need a bit of extra money or something like that. I can't remember her reason. Um, yeah. But, but it's, it's never the truth, is it? But then you kind of it's understandable they don't want to I mean that's why your client was upset because she actually didn't want you to know because she was she knew that it was wrong deep down but actually she didn't want the confrontation of it either which is why she she you know will have told a little fib to you know get rid of you I know it was awful though doesn't it it was awful I felt like I lost a friend so what what you know is there anything we can do to stop it Yes, there is. We are not powerless in this. At the time, (laughs) you feel completely powerless. Um, But unfortunately, the only things you can do to stop this, you have to do in advance. So it's quite an interesting one because, again, I had one. um, It was a very well-known footballer's wife, I'm going to say. And um, we were cleaning there 14, 15 hours a week. And she decided to take my cleaner on directly. And... I hadn't put this in place at the time, but had I had in the contract with her a finder's fee, you know, I could have gone after her for a thousand or a couple of thousand. I don't, I never mind losing the customers because they're so easy to replace. But when you lose an excellent member of staff that's been with you years and it's awful, like I, if I'd have charged her 2000, it wouldn't have been enough for me. I wanted to keep this member of staff. So, but the point is, in the contract, you can go after the customer. I think what's hard is a lot of us feel betrayed by the member of staff. And actually, it's really hard to go after that member of staff because they have a right to work in the industry for themselves or for anyone else. And we cannot stop them working. So a lot of us feel betrayed by that member of staff want to go after them. You've got very little recourse. Yeah, I mean, you can have an obviously in your contracts and in the, the DCBN employment contract that we provide, there's a non-solicitation clause in there. You can't have a non-competition clause, so you can't stop them setting up their own business, but you can have a non-solicitation clause in there, which basically says they can't work for any former current or former clients of your business for whatever time period you put in there. It has to be reasonable. You can't say for 10 years, you know, it has to be reasonable. And um, reasonable is three to six months. It's yeah, not long, it's not long Um, and you can also have a non-solicitation clause in there for them to solicit other team members because if they're starting up on their own they might well solicit their team members so you can have that in place the reality of enforcing it though is another thing Um, and what we would do we love a cease and desist when it comes to something like this because it's your first sort of point of contact with the cleaner to let them know that you know um, Mm -hmm. and tell them the consequences And I had this, I had a cleaner that went to work for a big hotel near me. And so she obviously was friends with all the other cleaners and she started to say, oh, there's jobs here at the hotel. And we had to issue a cease and desist just to get to stop doing it. And she immediately was mortified. and was like, I wasn't doing that. I just mentioned it. Um, And actually, you know, cease and desist, she stopped. There was no further problems. And that cease and desist can be very, just almost a quick and easy way of dealing with it. Yeah. And also, I wonder if there's a, you know, you need a company culture that sort of almost you don't want you don't want them to leave, but almost encourages them that actually if they're considering starting up their own cleaning business, that you would be open to helping them. You know, because 
there's plenty of business out there. So, you know, there's, there's that culture thing as well, that if you're open with them, then maybe they'll be a bit more open with you. That's not always the case, but it can work. I was talking to someone last night and he was saying that actually he had some cleans really out the way. He had two staff that wanted to leave, start up on their own. So he said, right, I'll help you. He gave them these jobs because he didn't want to do them anyway. And now they do them self-employed and he takes a cut on top of it. Yeah. That's exactly what you want to do as, as a business owner. That's a lovely way of dealing with it because it's a win, win, win. You know, the customers win because they've still got cleaners. The cleaners win because they've got customers and you win because... Yeah because you still get money I guess I don't know how you win but you win (laughs) and also I think you know giving people the benefit of the doubt and we talked about sort of ending up with trust issues for everybody I remember I had a a lady years ago she was a brilliant cleaner a little bit crazy but she was a brilliant cleaner Um, and she left and and was starting her own business and I chatted her through it how she was going to do it and everything and I helped her but she then did um she didn't actually take them in the end but she was going to take one of the clients that she was um cleaning for it was a commercial client and it was you know a a reasonably large client shall we say Um, and they wanted to keep her as their cleaner uh, which is fine and I just she said you know they've asked me to stay so obviously I'm going to stay and and, you know I'll take the contract and I'm just like no you won't (laughs) um and it it was really sort of a sit down honest conversation first of all you know the client was under contract but also kind of like no, that is not acceptable. I will help you. You know, I will. I already have, but you're not taking my clients with you. So again, that sort of culture of being open and honest um, can help with this too. Yeah, I think the hard thing about all of this. So first of all, have the contracts in place, but then the hard thing is dealing with those emotions. So if you were dealing with me, having gone through it and being betrayed by, you know, everyone, what advice would you give because you can't sleep at night you know you feel hurt how could they do this you know everything you held dear every friendship everything you believed about people turns out not to be true what advice would you give well I suppose my advice would it it almost comes in advance of it which is that it's business it's not actually personal yes it's a personal service and it's your baby if you like but it's not personal and it's not everybody else's baby so they're not doing it to you They're doing it to your business. And if you can try and have that separation, it won't just help in this scenario, but will help with everything else um, and allow you to be a bit more detached. And what about the reality of um, you put these things into the contract? We've talked about cease and desist and get them to stop. That's awesome. But they're not going to stop all the time. Um, What recourse can go from there? What can actually happen? Um, Well, my, my usual advice is if that doesn't work, you move on. You replace that client with a better client and you replace that team member with a better team member because you've detached from it emotionally. You can just go, actually, I'll just move on from this. I mean, and, you know, if somebody leaves and takes a few of your clients, you know, one of the benefits of them leaving and taking a few clients is at least you don't have to replace them quite so quickly. It takes the pressure off, doesn't it? It doesn't feel like that at the time. I know, I know. But it really is kind of going into action, you know, and as business owners, we're problem solvers. That's our job. So you go, okay, so the problem is that I need to replace a team member and I need to replace some clients. Well, that's our job on a daily basis. So Really, that's all we should focus on from that point onwards, in my opinion, because otherwise you get dragged down by the negativity of everything with it. And what about the option of taking them to court? So let's say it's written into the contract. They can't solicit. They have solicited. You've got proof, blah, blah, blah. Small claims. 
Yeah, you can you can take them to small to small claims for damages, um, and you need to know exactly what those damages are. So if you've got a non-solicitation clause in there that says six months, so the client that they've taken, what profit would they have given the business in six months? That's the damages. Yeah, and it, you can do this. Um, it depends how comfortable you feel with going to court because it can be a stressful, time-consuming process. And if you're very emotional about this, so if you're completely emotionally attached, detached just take them to court. But if you are so emotionally attached, the court process is going to take six months. And I've got to say, I see people and I talk to them and they probably have a very good case, but I'm going, honestly, it's not worth it emotionally for you to take on this case. I would let it go and try and work on that because court's going to make it so much worse unless you're emotionally detached. Yeah. And the reality is, even if they took sort of five or six clients the reality of how much profit that was actually going to make you in the, the time period that's in your contract, it's, it's, is it worth the emotional energy would be the question I would ask. But you can go to court, you can win. Yeah. Very few got taken to court though. No, and that's, that's possibly because, you know, there's a cost up front um, to do it and maybe the lack of confidence in contracts. So, you know, we know that in our contracts, it's a, a very clear non-solicitation clause. So it can't really be argued with you're breaching the contract and this is the consequence. Um, but the reality is in business, you're there to solve problems, move on and solve the actual problem, which is new clients, new team member. OK, Ooh. But for anyone that's going through this, my heart goes out to you because oh. it's horrible. And if you need any support, obviously just get in contact and we'll talk it through and make you feel better. But ultimately, you know. And, and if I if I can share something that, that, you know, on quite a big scale, I don't know if I've shared this before, but when we first went VAT registered, I did it all the wrong way. I didn't have the DCBN then, so I didn't know about staging it and doing it. I just We just went 20% on increase on our prices overnight. Um, and um, several of my team got together at the time. We had a couple of branches and one of the branches um, and basically took 30% of my clients. Um, as they just took, they used the opportunity. Um, I might, I probably would have lost 30% anyway. Um, I was so hurt, so hurt. Um, there was a manager involved who I thought I trusted and was, you know, an integral part of the business. And then several team members that had been with me for years. I'd worked with them, worked alongside them. As I said, they knew my kids. And I was so hurt, I nearly gave up. I nearly quit at the time. I thought, that's it. I'm going to go get a, go, I'm gonna go get a job somewhere else. I'm not doing this anymore. So Did they do it because of the VAT registration? And now, now that you look back and reflect on it, why that specific time and place? I think they. it was just an opportunity for them. Um at the time and maybe because we'd split things up the team had become disjointed so I probably I thought I was still close to them but they were obviously forming their own team without me um so it was it was a lot of lessons going on there was lessons on leadership there was lessons on actually people being a bit unsettled as well um because I've learned that people in this industry need a lot of security so I'm the one that has to provide that security a lot of the time and there's lots of lessons learned but what was really great was my other two managers and we sat down together um, and we just decided well what what do we love about the job and it actually turned out that all three of us love different parts of the business and so it became and that's when I first stopped managing my own team was because I just got too emotionally attached to them it gets too hard at some points doesn't it like yeah it was a real lesson to me but it was also a lesson to me that it's business they're not my friends and doesn't mean I don't like them and, it, and you know I've got some amazing team 
it's the hard thing because that's what makes you good at what you do the fact that you are friends you are emotionally involved that's why our business is great because we're lovely people we love helping people and then you have to turn into someone that's emotionally detached and not that so and and i talk to so many people going through that transition oh it's it's not a fun transition because you fundamentally have to change what you care about it's like fundamentally changing aspects of your personality and you go oh and sometimes like I find this if if I seem a bit cruel or careless or anything like that you go it's not because I am it's because I have had to learn to be and sometimes I don't always get this not quite real part of my personality right and you go sometimes you can come across almost a bit like you don't care when actually you care so deeply yeah and and the reality is for all that you know I try and and we talk about this a lot about being emotionally detached I'm still completely passionate about my businesses completely I've just learned that there are certain ways that I can I can manage it and that can be stressful in itself but I've learned to do that and it's this was a long time ago this was probably about probably about 10 years ago um maybe even a little bit more so it's it's a long time ago now so I am over it I forgive you ladies I completely forgive you I can say this publicly um because I know that it wasn't personal to me and can I say the same about mine I forgive everyone that's ever done it to me because I don't think they did it to me they did what was right for them and you know we're all just trying to do what's right for us really absolutely so that was- I don't think they'd ever ask for my forgiveness anyway so I don't think like they care <laughs> anyway I believe we have our next question Diane which is a little yeah. bit different so the next question is um a, a completely unemotional topic shall we say which is if we want to start outsourcing our admin how do we start what jobs do we outsource or get somebody else to do for us this is somebody that kind of wants to get off the tools but they're looking for the admin support because that's the bit that they hate about the business really not the cleaning so I find this challenging I know it's not I because I have been through this I know how to do it I find other businesses find this challenging so the problem you've got is the reason the tasks are so hard is because you don't have a system and a process the reason you can't outsource it is because you don't have a system and a process the only person that can put in a system and process is you and if you don't have it it won't outsource well so it's kind of like right this task that you absolutely hate you have to have a system and a process in order to be able to outsource it at which point you could probably do it yourself anyway so it's an interesting one because it's which comes first the chicken or the egg do you outsource it so that it's being done so you've got time to put in a system or do you put in a system which then allows you to outsource it and in my experience I don't think it matters um the reality is you're going to have to do one or the other I would probably say outsource the most systemized one first What's, what's your thoughts on this? I agree. Systems first. And in fact, this, this, this accounts for whether you're outsourcing or whether you're employing in-house, whether it comes to cleaners, everything. If you don't have a system in place to tell them how you want it done, then they will do it their way and you won't like it. <laughs> and you probably won't have any oversight. You won't even no. know how they do it. No. Yeah. And and if you and particularly with admin, you know, if they're going to be in contact with your customers, sending out invoices, doing credit control, you need scripts in place. You need templates in place because otherwise they'll do it their way and you won't like it. And your customers might not like it either because they might not be the right voice for your business. It, 
but there are ways of making it easier. So let's say you decide to just do the process once you can film yourself doing the process and then you can just send the film to your VA or whoever and they can write up the process. So, I mean, there are lazy ways of doing this. If, if you want to um, send out invoices, I would film myself sending out one invoice, screenshot it or however you want to do it um, and teach them how to do it. But yeah, ideally you'd put the systems in, but outsourcing, outsource whatever you can have a process for. So the thing I love most is recruitment. And I outsourced my recruitment because the, because I loved it. I put the system in. My system was really good. I had all the templates. It was really efficient. So that's what I had to outsource. And um, when I got more systems, I actually took that one back on. It was one of the ones I wanted to do again. So you know, interesting that you outsource the thing you love the most first. Yes, because if you're going to outsource it, you have to outsource it properly. So actually, I couldn't outsource the things I wasn't good at, because how can I expect them to do something better if I can't even cope with it, if that makes sense? And it's I think a lot of people think they can outsource. One of the things they don't like is management and they think they can outsource management and they, you can definitely get help with it but that's where you see a lot of businesses unravel when they get someone in to do it and it goes even more wrong at that point is that because it's often not management but leadership that you need yes I think it's quite hard to put a manager in if you have no expectations or process and so the manager is going to do whatever the manager wants. And then you end up, because that manage, ma manager probably does have leadership skills, they end up running your business. And then you're not needed. No one has any respect for you whatsoever because they know you're not needed. And then what happens from there? Although the aim, I suppose, is to not be needed. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes, <Perhaps>. yes. <laughs> Perhaps. And what have you outsourced? So um, everything <laughs> so have I now but when you started what did you outsource first so the first thing I outsourced was my bookkeeping mm -hmm. um because it was just hard to keep on top of it and it that was, quite process it. isn't it yeah it was it was something that I could do um I, I'm, I'm okay at it I'm I love a spreadsheet but I just could not keep on top of it I would lose track of who had paid it was just so for me that was a it was becoming a, a challenge as the business grew and I was out managing the team and, and out doing quite a good chunk of cleaning in the first couple of years. So that was my first outsource was the bookkeeping. And, you know, I, I employed, but she works remotely. She still works for me. Um, so I did employ, but but working from home rather than having to have somebody sitting in an office. Yeah, and I think that's really lovely now. There is, and now that we've had COVID, working remotely is so normal. Yeah. But you've got even less oversight. Yes. Yeah. The good thing with something with bookkeeping is you should have oversight because you should have an, you know, some, a system that you can just look at. So I can see that the invoice has gone out. I can see credit controls going on. I've got that oversight. Um, but yeah, it, if they're working remotely, it can be difficult. But then this with bookkeeping, there's set tasks. If it doesn't get done, Done. And what do you think of these people that are in foreign countries paid five pounds an hour? Would you do that? Because it's cost effective, isn't it? I have mixed views about it. So as part of the DCBN, our mission has been to raise standards in our industry and to help people charge what they're worth. Mm -hmm. So I, I have really mixed feelings about it, if I'm honest. I don't want to criticise anybody for, for going down that route of external VAs and, you know, things like this fiver and people per hour and things like that. And, and you know, people have to be cost, con cost 
self-conscious. Um, I tend to want people that are committed to my business. Um, so I tend to want them within the business because they can do more than just that one task. But it's a personal choice, I think. What are your thoughts? I've again it's a personal choice I, I'm I have never chosen to go down that route I think it's about for me it's about being ethical and if our minimum wage is 10 pounds 42 I don't want to pay someone five pounds because then I go well they're not getting enough to live on but then there's the argument that actually in their country five pounds is a lot of money um I don't know I feel for me I have some ethical issues slightly with it I would not judge other people that want to do it but I'm not comfortable doing it myself yeah, no, I think I think we're probably on the completely same page with that. Especially but, you know, we, we do so much work to help people in the industry earn a decent living. Yeah. So, but it's out there and definitely there's a lot to be said that if you haven't got the skill, say for example, you need uh, maybe you're not very good at Canva and you need some social media posts done, I would happily go to Fiverr and go, well, actually, for 20 quid, I can get six social media posts done. Yeah. Well, it's much better than you sitting there for the next five hours trying to do it or just not doing it. Yeah. So, you know, outsourcing is phenomenal. Um, but yeah, I also definitely. like employing people. I like people that are part of the business, but then yeah outsourcing to an agency oh I love outsourcing if you can afford it to outsource to an agency where they're really good at it I'll be honest it's very expensive but oh it's lovely because I don't have to it's gonna sound terrible I don't have to talk to them I don't have to be part of their lives and I think when you've got busy businesses things are so hectic there is nothing more lovely than just handing them a task and not having to have a relationship whereas actually when you work with people day in day out you have to have relationships and I've got wonderful people and wonderful relationships but it can become quite overwhelming when you have quite a few. So handing it away is amazing. Yeah, and, and I suppose I, I feel in my businesses, my job is I'm almost like a business coach for my own team at times. So my job is to keep them you know, happy and motivated and, and give them the tools that they need and, and coach them through it, though, to kind of you know have the conversations and, and gu give them guidance. Um, but and I love that part of it. That's that's me. Uh, you know, looking after people is fantastic. But then I'm looking after them because they're then looking after everything else. So um, it kind of works. But also, I'm you know we, we touched on you know outsource. You outsource the things you love doing first. I outsource the thing that was causing a bottleneck. But actually, I've had conversations with business, and usually I'd say, what's the thing you hate doing the most that you're most likely to put off doing, and that could cause you problems. And sometimes it is the financials, sending out the invoices, the number of conversations I've had where I've just like, I haven't managed to do the invoices this month. And it's just like, you need to get paid, you need the invoices. So if you're not, if you're struggling to get around to them, that's the first thing to outsource. I don't know if there is a right answer, but the point is, if you're so pressed for time, you can't do everything, then I pick whatever. I'm a control freak so I wanted that system before I'd let anyone touch my system <laughs> so that's why I would do it that way um but yeah if you're not a control freak then hand over the parts you like least let them let them do it and I and I found with my bookkeeper was that I handed over a basic system of how I did it but over the years she's just improved it and improved it and speeded it up and actually she went into hospital um for an emergency she was in the hospital for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden I had to go back in and do things and I'm just like oh <laughs> does quite <laughs> you know, a lot I do know how to do it and there's a system written up about it but I actually had to use the guide 
to figure out how to do but do you know diane lucy that works in the dcbn so much respect for her because i can't do what she does and i sit there and i'm like can you do this for me because i can't do it and she's like okay then (laughs) (laughs) she's yeah she's brilliant though she's amazing she that's why we call her our our admin superstar don't we because she's so good Oh, she's more than admin. But anyway, this week I'm really missing her. (laughs) So next week we've got two more questions, topics coming up that we're going to chat around. If you would like a question asked um, on the podcast, we can go ahead, answer it, chat about it in the way that only we can, (laughs) round and round the subject. Um, Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Bye.